Hello, my name is Douglas Block. I'm an author and mental health educator. Welcome to your Depression Recovery Podcast, where each week we talk about practical tools and coping strategies for healing from depression and anxiety. This week's podcast was adapted from one of my YouTube videos. I hope you enjoy it. This is episode 16, the final episode of the serialization of my audiobook, When Going Through Hell, Don't Stop. You've been listening to the epilogue, in which I look back and talk about what has transpired since that depressive breakdown many years ago. Things like starting my Healing for Depression website, uh, having a relapse, uh, starting a YouTube channel, and just launching my new website on suicide prevention. You'll be hearing about them all in this epilogue. Epilogue. Living in Recovery. It's hard to believe that it's now 2020, which means that 23 years have passed since the first God meeting took place. During this time, my focus has shifted from getting out of the hell of depression to staying out. This is because surviving an episode of depression is not like having the measles. You don't develop an immunity to the disorder. Although the symptoms of depression can be managed, the underlying predisposition does not go away. While it is true that some individuals experience just one major depressive episode in their lifetime, half of those who have been severely depressed are at risk of becoming depressed again. Fortunately, shortly after my symptoms went into remission, I made an important discovery that the same attitudes and behaviours that I had developed to survive my depressive episode were ideally suited for maintaining my recovery. I then turned these strategies into a holistic program that would support my well-being. I organised this program using the same four areas that I used to survive my depressive episode. Physical self-care, mental-slash-emotional care, spiritual self-care, and support from others. I then added a fifth area, a self-care strategy that I called lifestyle habits. These included finding ways to incorporate structure and routine into my life, setting worthwhile goals, spending time in nature, and participating in activities that would bring me some joy and pleasure. After a year of following this, body, mind, and spirit recovery program, I felt a calling to begin the next phase of my recovery journey. I was inspired by the twelfth step of Alcoholics Anonymous, which says, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics. In a similar manner, I decided to take what I had learned from my struggles in overcoming depression and share it with others who are suffering in the hope that it would help them. This led to writing and publishing my book, Healing from Depression, 12 Weeks to a Better Mood, the creation of my depression recovery website, and the launch of my YouTube channel called Healing Depression. As of the summer of 2020, the channel has 64,000 subscribers and has just passed the 5 million view mark. I am grateful to know that my suffering was not in vain and that my work is reaching many people. The Unexpected Gift Every adversity contains within it 
the seed of an equivalent or greater good. Jack Bolland. In my book Healing from Depression, I said that one of the keys to depression recovery is to engage in fulfilling work that connects a person to their inner passion or sense of purpose. In the months leading up to my depressive episode, I had no sense of purpose or any other mission. I had been floundering around ever since my publisher had let a number of my books go out of print. Ironically, it was my experience of overcoming depression that led me to my current mission of being a mental health educator. What I regarded as the worst thing that ever happened to me turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. Undergoing my depressive trial ultimately caused me to become a wounded healer. This lesson of having something positive come out of my depressive episode was not lost on me. When I led my depression support groups, I suggested to the members who were undergoing a deep depression that they remain open to the possibility that some unexpected good might arise from their experience. Invariably, when they came out of their episode, the dark cloud of depression had left unexpected gifts in its wake. A bump in the road. Depression is recurring and cyclic. What we have are treatments, not cures. You're never really free of it. You're always living in the shadow of it. You always have to be prepared for a recurrence and be ready to stave it off. Andrew Solomon, the author of The Noonday Demon. At the beginning of this epilogue, I stated that although depression can be managed, it cannot be cured, in the sense that you can't guarantee that it will never come back. After 18 years of what you might call emotional sobriety, I experienced a relapse in the spring of 2015. Because my anxiety was manageable, I was able to continue to write and produce my YouTube videos, thanks to the support of my videographers. However, the depression and hopelessness were quite severe, and once again, antidepressants were of no use. In fact, this episode was triggered by an adverse reaction to the antidepressant Lexapro. In my search to find other kinds of treatments, I went to a website called Psychology Today, Find a Psychiatrist, and got the name of a young, enthusiastic psychiatrist who had just moved to Portland after graduating John Hopkins Medical School. As a result, I was able to see him immediately. A half hour into our first session, Dr. Andrews stopped me and said, You don't need to tell me anymore. I have a recommendation to make. What's that? I asked. I want you to make an appointment to see Dr. Christina Trevino, who's the ECT psychiatrist at Oregon Health Services University. I would like her to do an ECT evaluation on you. As you may remember from Chapter 7, I stated that ECT stands for Electroconvulsive Therapy and is a medical treatment used on patients who have severe major depression or a bipolar disorder that has not responded to other treatments. 
How can you make this recommendation so quickly, when we haven't even finished the intake? I asked. It is clear to me that you are seriously depressed, Dr. Andrews replied. I know you are trying to hold on as best you can, but I've seen other people in your situation who became overwhelmed by their pain and died by suicide. We need to intervene before you get to that point. He added one more thing. Don't read about ECT on the internet. There's a lot of negative information out there that has no basis in fact. Following Dr. Andrew's advice, I met with Dr. Trevino, who likewise recommended ECT as the only treatment that would help me get better. But once again, just as in the 1996-97 episode, I was nervous about the potential memory loss that is the side effect of the treatment. So I decided to hold off. Fate, however, had a different plan for me. Without the ECT, my mood continued to worsen, accompanied by a return of suicidal thoughts. On January 5, 2016, Joan convinced me to check myself into the psychiatric ward at St. Vincent's Hospital, which ironically was the site of my first hospitalization 20 years prior. The admitting psychiatrist was a kindly man named Dr. Omar Reda. Like the previous two psychiatrists, he remarked how depressed I was. Have you ever thought of looking into ECT? He asked. It's quite safe and is used as the method of last resort in treating depression. Funny you should mention that, I replied. Three months ago, I had an ECT evaluation from Christina Trevino at the Oregon Health Sciences University. She said that I was a good candidate for ECT, but I held off. That is very interesting, Dr. Reda replied. Dr. Trevino is a good friend of mine. If you want to reconsider ECT, I can arrange to have your treatments done while you're here at St. Vincent. We would shuttle you over to OHSU three mornings a week and then bring you back for the afternoon groups. At this point, I was so desperate to get well that I completely forgot my fear of memory loss and decided to go ahead with the procedure. With the two doctors working together on my treatments, I received nine ECT sessions over the course of 25 days. Although I did not feel much better while I was receiving the treatments, five days after I was discharged from the hospital, the treatments began to work. As I look back over my experience, I asked myself, what are the odds that the admitting psychiatrist at one hospital would know the ECT specialist at another? If I had arrived at St. Vincent one hour earlier or one hour later, I might not have been assigned to Dr. Reda. In this scenario, I would have had a five to seven day stay at the hospital and then been released, just as suicidal and depressed as before. My good fortune, which materialized out of nowhere, is why I believe in grace and that a higher power is watching over us. Before I conclude my story, I would like to bring up an important point. If you have more than one depressive episode, you might find that the medication 
or any other treatments that worked for you during the first episode may not necessarily work in the second. During my relapse, I tried setting up another spiritual support group, but it did not bring about my healing. Instead, it took a much more material and traditional approach, ECT, to reboot my brain. This is why it is so important to keep trying different healing modalities until you find one that works. Since my 2016 recent recovery, I have continued to pursue my mental health ministry. I'm currently involved in a number of projects that are keeping me focused and productive, such as creating this audiobook and starting a depression recovery podcast. My most important project involves writing a book on suicide prevention called When It Hurts Too Much to Live. Its purpose is to give people who are suicidal the hope that they can get better and to furnish them with the tools to do so. Suicide rates continue to increase in the United States and around the world. And as we struggle to get through the coronavirus pandemic, many more people are suffering from depression and anxiety and are having thoughts of self-harm. In the meantime, I feel incredibly grateful for my current state of mental well-being. If anyone listening to this audiobook is not so fortunate and is still in the middle of their dark night of the soul, I would like to leave you with these words. If you are on the edge of the abyss, don't jump. If you are going through hell, don't stop. As long as you are breathing, there is hope. As long as day follows night, there is hope. Nothing stays the same forever. Set an intention to heal, reach out for support, and you will find help. As they say in Alcoholics Anonymous, don't give up five minutes before the miracle. You never know what tomorrow may bring. This concludes the audiobook. This is Douglas Block. I hope you enjoyed listening to the audiobook version of my memoir, When Going Through Hell Don't Stop. If you want to get an actual copy of the book, uh, you can either go to Amazon.com and get a Kindle version or a print version, or get the book Healing from Depression, where my memoir is incorporated into it. And by the time this is published, it may be available on Amazon and Audible and Apple Books. Check on the website to see if it is. And until we meet again, I wish you the best in your mental health recovery. Thank you again listening. This has been Douglas Block. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and learned something from it. If you'd like to ask me any questions about what you have heard, feel free to email me at douglasblock at gmail.com. That's my first and last name, all lowercase, at gmail.com without any dots or underscores. If you would like to learn more about my work with depression, you can visit my website, www.healingfromdepression.com, or go to my YouTube channel. Just open up YouTube and type in the words Douglas Block Depression, and my depression recovery channel should come right up. Finally, I would like to remind you that depression and anxiety are treatable conditions. It may take time to find the right therapy or combination of therapies, but if you persevere, you can achieve the healing that you seek. And until our next podcast, I wish you the best in your mental health recovery. Thank you for listening.